Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this Monday's Wealth Creation Show. Four ways to develop a wealth mindset we're talking about today, Jim. How important is mindset? I mean, I think Everything I think anything you're trying to apply yourself to, your mindset has yeah, to be absolutely. the right place. Absolutely. It, it, it will determine everything for the, how successful you are at anything. Um, that's that's ultimately what it comes in. Uh, yeah. if, if you can believe it, you can achieve it, but you have to take action to do that. Um, if you can't believe it, you're absolutely well. The classic example is I'm sure it's Bob Proctor, the late Bob Proctor, actually used to say it. If you believe that you can't do it, you're absolutely right. And if you believe that you can do it, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it is, you know, that's that's the reality. Um, good afternoon, Gary. How are you? Um, good afternoon, Gary. Any questions, please feel free to ask. Uh, now, remember, as always, uh, I'll start at the beginning and say any questions. If it fits into what we're doing right now, then we'll we'll answer that question there and then. If it doesn't, then we'll leave it to the end and we will go through the questions um, on, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, um, on LinkedIn as well, and on Twitter. Um, we're happy to go through all these questions when everybody wants in order to give them the right information. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's the key here. Uh, Richard. Four uh, ways to develop mindset. What's your thoughts on this initially then? Yeah, I think, well, I think obviously perhaps maybe the biggest misconception with uh, being wealthy or when it comes to wealthy is that people just think people with millions of pounds in the bank are wealthy. And that's kind of really, it's quite far from the actual truth when it comes yeah. to um, what actual wealthy is. We've done a show and we spoke extensively before about the difference between being rich and wealthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where you need to... Uh, get that correct in your mind about what wealthy actually is. Um, and if you ask several different people to define wealth, you'll probably get you'll probably get a different uh, response from each of them. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people think of it in different ways. Wealth for me is basically your your assets minus your liabilities. That's your net that's your net worth. That's really what wealth is. Um, I know we've done it before and we've talked about wealth as well, what about your family and your friends and all the rest of it? It's like, no, we're talking about hard cash at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pounds, 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 shillings and pence, if that makes any sense. Uh, that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, I, I don't care what anybody says to this, but the reality is without money, you can't do anything, literally. Yeah, you can go for a walk and it doesn't cost you to do it and you could argue yeah. that principle, but that's not going to solve your financial problems because you have to buy a house, you have to rent a house, you have to eat food, you have to pay money to do that. Anything goes wrong with you health-wise, you're either going to use the NHS or if you're in a different country, or if you're if you're wanting to do it quicker, you'll be doing private healthcare. This all costs money. If you want to help your community, guess what? You can volunteer, fair enough, and give your time, but the reality is pounds, shillings, and pence is what most people want. This is yeah. why we talk about developing the four ways to develop a wealth mindset and how you do that. Um, so. This is key as a complete masterclass. Again, we come back to saying this is based on my personal experience and how I've managed to go from homeless and unemployed to retire financially free at 38 year old. Now, 17 years on, I think it is 17, 18, maybe 19, 19, 19 years, maybe coming up for 19 years. Holy shit. <laughs> um, 19 years on, um, you know, I've kind of reached the dizzy heights of the top 1% in Britain in terms of wealth. I couldn't care less about top 1% in terms of earnings. All I care about is wealth. That's it. Earnings cost you money. You have to pay tax on it. Wealth is where it's at. You could earn as much as you want, but you can still be a, you can still be what we call as broke at a different level. 
In other words, all your spending. I, I noticed somebody recently, they're away on holiday and they've just started in their business and they're away on holiday and it's like, holy shit, they're in business class already. And like, my God, talk about just throwing caution to the wind. I would be investing and squirreling all that money away and actually investing it in, in, in for my future and where for where I am now. And, you know, that's not the thing to do, just spend for today um, and forget about tomorrow. It's actually about investing and getting that mindset. How do we get that mindset? What it's all about? What is it all about, Richard? Yeah, I think just to touch on that, Jim, a lot of people say, oh, money can't buy you happiness. But I think money and wealth... You tried it lately. And they could, but they could get <laughs> you to a position... Going a long way to it. But they could put you in a really comfortable position where you can be happy without any distresses of what having no money does cause. But I think if, if you want to be wealthy, you need to think like the wealthy and start defining your financial goals is a really yep. important thing. How much money do you want to have maybe in a year's time or five years time? Do you know, we talk about setting goals. Think of that number, think of where you want to be in a year's time or in five years time. Now, and keep that number in your mind. You can I just stop you here and say to you, if anybody's tuning in, you are tuning in, I know you're tuning in. If you listen to this at this point in time, you say, I've heard this all before. Did you actually do something about it though? That's the and point. Repetition is because uh, I, I I used to go to every single function and I used to talk to my mentors all the time and they used to go, you've got to define a goal, you've got to say how much money you want in a year's time, you've got to say how much what do you want in five years time, and I'm like, I've heard this all before, but never actually actioned it. And it's like, ah, oh, exactly. This is you done anything about it though, and it's like, well, no, really. <laughs> yeah. And that I, honestly, I've been here before. I know how everybody feels. I felt exactly the same way. I thought I've heard this all before. Why do I need to listen to you again? Because you're still bloody skint. That's why. Yeah. You've not got two hate and they stir up together because you don't understand. You're still in that mindset. You're still stuck where you are. This is what this is all about. So some people are going to resonate with this. They're going to go, this is my moment. Because that's what happens at functions. We used to be at functions and people used to go, and the, the, the person, the speaker from the stage just spoke to me. It was just like they were speaking to me. And I thought, that's your point of readiness. That's where your preparation has taken place over all these years. And the opportunity has appeared. And that message actually you heard because you were ready to hear that message right now. So some people will hear this and they'll, they'll resonate with that straight away and go, this is my moment. This is what I need to do. This is how I need to do it. I'm going to blow this out of the water. I'm going to be financially free in the next 20 years or whatever it is, or the next 10 years. That's entirely possible as well, by the way, and even the next five years. You've got to have that pro you've got to have that mindset. But you've got to have unwavering faith in yourself and your abilities. And you've got to have almost blind faith. It's going to happen for you at some point in time if you just keep chipping away at it. And I mean chipping away, and it's like the typical example of this is the boulder. You know, the boulder, the big massive boulder was in front of this wee stream. And what was happening is it had stopped all the water coming from the stream and it was damming it all up behind it. Now, the village actually needed this water for the village itself because it powered some of the hydro stuff and it also gave the community with some fresh water. And somebody went up one day and they went and hit this big massive boulder to try and get rid of it. Now, they had this big sledgehammer and they were hammering away at it. Um, for you know, and it was and it was on about the fiftieth hit, and and eventually the village, the people in the village started to, there's no point, just forget it. 
we're going to have to do something else. We're going to have to think about something else because this isn't going to happen. And the guy went, no, I'm not giving up at the 50th. He says, I'm going to hit it one more time. So he hit it one more time with an almighty crack came. And it started to crack. And he went, wow. And then he hit it again. And it, the boulders fell in two after 52 hits. Now, my point out of this is, was it the 50 hits before it allowed it to happen at the 51st? Or was it the 51st hit? It could have been the first hit. It might have made it happen because he's hit in the right place. In my opinion, I think it was the 50 hits before it actually managed to do it in the 51st and 52nd. What do, you, what do you think, Richard? Yeah, I would agree. I think the 50, th the 50 hits leading up to that um, have, over time, obviously, they've got the, the, the boulder, obviously, then eventually move. And I think what you say is there, Jim. Because we talk yeah. about that, and that's why I talk about it to everybody, and I keep saying, and I have said it before in the past, I've not said it lately, every single day when you get up, just keep swinging for the fence. Yeah. Just keep swinging for the fence every single time. And it, 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 it's a baseball term. And at some point in time, that baseball will hit with that with that um, that uh, baseball bat. It'll hit that bat, and it'll go right over that fence. But you'll never do anything if you don't swing for the fence. Yeah. Nothing. I think as well happen. that the people that obviously are regular watchers and things will think maybe oh they cover a lot of the same topics just in different contexts each week and things. But these are all the fundamental parts of way of creation, and that's why we do maybe repetitively cover the similar things, uh, maybe just in a different context. To be honest, that is... Richard, I'll, I'll let you into a secret, okay? I'm going to let you into a secret. <laughs> I'm not really bothered if anybody's watching, because what we're discussing right now is what teaches me and reinforces what I know, but even gets me motivated to do even more and learn more as a result of what we're doing right now. So whether anybody else is tuning in or not, I couldn't care less. It's, it's, it's up to them to do that for themselves. So it's I'm learning every single day. And this is another thing that people don't realise about the mindset and this wealth mindset is you have to have that sort of attitude that you're going to learn from something every single day and just learn something new. Every day is a school day. Yeah. You ever heard that before? Well, that's true. It's like, you listen, you don't stop learning when you finish school. When I finished school, I was like, my God, if I need, if I don't read another book ever again, it'll be too soon. That's how I felt about reading books at school. And then I got, then my mentor sat me down and said, "Do you know you will be in the next five years by the books you read and the people you associate with?" Boy, did I start reading the right books <laughs> straight away in a flash. Uh, anyway, let's let's carry on. <laughs> yeah. So, I, well, I, I was saying there about obviously setting goals and. And looking at what kind of figure you would like to achieve, maybe over, whether it's a year, whether it's five years. But ultimately, if you want to start seeing a, a penny of that money, really, you need to develop a wealth mindset. And it's a wealth mindset. And somebody actually yeah. says to me, How do you start with no money? That's exactly it. Yeah. I started homeless, unemployed, zilch, zero money, and zero education, actually. So, because I came out, of, I came out with four O grades and a, and a and a passable higher in maths. That was it, really, from school. Um, but uh, apart from that, I was homeless, unemployed, and no real skills in anything um, from when that happened, because I was I was a window cleaner before. So there was nothing skillful about doing that. And, and it was either I stuck with these jobs for the rest of my life, or I did something about it and actually began to develop my skills in order to make more money. 
And that's how you start with no money. Um, you do that, you, you develop your skills, and then that's why people will pay you even more money for what you've got and the experience and wisdom you've gained and also the knowledge that you know. It's not, it's your education will get you so far in life, but it's your attitude which will determine your altitude about where you go next after that. Because most people really don't need a glorified education over and above university unless you're specializing in some particular subject. Other than that, you could learn all you can without going to that in the university of life. And I don't mean going to the pub and get pissed every weekend and talking to people and and and, and doing things like that. But I mean in terms of from people, I, people that are more, far more successful than you in the particular field that you want to learn and even to the point of actually becoming, um, becoming a student of that person without them actually knowing it. I mean, there's loads of people and loads of uh, mentors out there that I see in billion-dollar companies that actually listen to their podcasts and, that and, and learn from them uh, new skills and new techniques. Now, you know, that never stops. Anyway, sorry, I digress. No, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people do have a lot of different goals, and whether that's chasing material things or they're looking financial, for, for financial independence or just for, that, like we said, that freedom that having a significant amount of money gives you. Um, the human desire, obviously, for riches and things is like, mm -hmm. no, like no other. But the road to wealth, obviously, like we said, can be bumpy uh, and it's filled with some misconceptions. So we're going to cover a few topics today, which... I'll hopefully kind of clarify that. So this is how a wealth mindset mindset matters, okay? Yeah. Uh, take for an example, I know the self because I, I deal with the American market quite a bit. I mean, 60% yeah. of Americans live from paycheck to paycheck. So does Britons as yeah. well. Most people actually just live from paycheck that. to paycheck. And, and it's only going to get worse when they consider the rising levels of, of credit card debt is, is, is incorporated into that as well. How easy access to debt is as well. Yeah. I mean, I got a few credit cards and it was only just because I thought I'm I'm going to get points and I'm going to earn stuff on the credit card rather than doing anything else. And all of a sudden, I've got a hundred thousand pound in credit. I could have whenever I want. I could literally amazing buy a car. Amazing they offer you. I know. And and that's that's so simple to do. Um, and in terms of that, so when somebody says, uh, "How do you how do you how do you get money?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> folk are just throwing it at you. You've got a fantastic credit rating. Um, and, and and if you know how to use that, the, the, the debt that you can acquire, because this is what it's all about, you know, the debt you can acquire in order to make more money on that debt, then 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 that's when your quid's in. Because we're always taught, don't get into debt. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, just, there's, there's debt, there's the astronomical debt, which is 29%. Um, but there's also debt that's like really low cost. And you could actually make a really good return on that money by leveraging your position and making it easier for you. I was just going to say that you mentioned about Americans there, and, cre and credit's quite a common thing, and it has been for a long time over there. They kind of live on in credit and cre on credit and credit cards things, but it's a lot. It's, it's common here as well now. Do you know what I mean credit cards? Are, I mean everybody's and like you say, they're enticed by this. Oh, you've got this limit on a card, and they just spend on it with no real thought process on how am I going to clear that off? Or yep. I'm just going to sit. Yeah. And the high interest rates. Like we live in a society like what we're on here right now these platforms mm -hmm. which encourage us to get things now to reward ourselves now to distract us every single time these are distractions um these these platforms um, and the point is you've got to decide whether the right knowledge and information is useful what, what you're watching or is it just 
no use to you, then then don't watch it anymore. Don't interact with it anymore. It, it's, they're, they're very addictive platforms for that reason, to, to get you and then for people to sell you stuff. That's what it's all about. That's what they're after. Yeah, and a lot of people using credit cards and things engage in impulsive spending behaviours yeah. and wasting money and on items and things that they don't really need. It's, do you know, people purchase things or think, oh, I want that, but do you really need it? Well, I mean, we spoke about that before. I did it um, the weekend. I did it exactly the weekend. You don't know. I'm just about to tell you. I'm going I'm to just say what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I did it the weekend. I looked at my app and I went 10 degrees, Spain, 25 degrees, the hell with <laughs> Easter week it is yeah. <laughs> in Spain. Yeah. So literally at the weekend, I just booked, yeah, we're going to Spain for the week, for the week and Easter. Um, but and you're in that position where you can do that now, whereas like you could do impulsive things like that because you've, do you know what I mean? You're at a, a different stage in your journey. I'm, I'm very lucky, but then you could determine luck is L for labour under correct work. knowledge. That's what yeah. luck is effectively, labour under correct knowledge. People say you're lucky. Well, you think there's a degree of luck, but... It's actually just preparing yourself every single time for when the opportunity appears and it just so happens you're there. That's what luck is really, in essence. Yeah, and I think the the available credit on credit cards and things like that and then this kind of spend behaviour, it can create a, a vicious kind of cyclone of debt and with interest rates and things, it's very difficult to escape that as well. So that's yeah. something to really be uh, cautious of. It seems the ability to attain wealth and, and the basics of wealth mindset is, is actually a lost art. Um, I, I talked to Ian this morning because I go and walk about in my thinking time this um, in the morning, and I was actually telling him, you know, a, a lot of the a lot of this stuff is actually not taught anymore. They don't people don't talk about it. it we get into we get into this uh, home to work routine most of the time, uh, the hamster wheel. You know, you're on that wheel every single time. You get up on, you know. It used to be the wheel. The wheel I used to decide. The, the I used to determine the wheel is. Um, songs of praise used to come on on a Sunday night, and you know if when songs of praise came on on a Sunday night, you know, oh no, it's work tomorrow. <laughs> and that's literally why I, I can't stand watching songs of praise because it still has that emotive, it still has that motive push for me in the fact that it's work tomorrow. Whereas now it's completely different, uh, but I still it still lingers. Um, so a song of praise comes on or whatever triggers you off, oh no, work tomorrow. And then you get, you're, you're, you're no even at work and you're getting stressed about work before then. So then you're back at work and you're doing the home to work routine. Uh, you ever driven to your work and actually and actually thought about, how did I get there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've done that a few times over the year. For like, it's like, how did I get there? How did I, I have no idea in my mind how I managed to get to my work or what happened in between. Because it becomes autopilot to you. And this is the home to work routine I talk about. And people do that five days a week. Sometimes some people do six and seven days a week. Yeah. Um, and then you get to Friday and then guess what it is? It's live for the weekend. But society and the herd mentality wants to wants to embrace that. And they want you to indoctrinate that as part and be part of the herd and be part of their tribe, so to speak, and live for the weekend. I, I I refused to do that um, from a very early age in my 20s. Once I realised how I could set myself free and once I had the vision about where I was going and what I was wanting to do, I actually, I actually, I actually turned my back on that. And it was very, very rare that I would, I would live for the weekend because the weekend to me was live for the weekend, yes, but the weekend is where I developed my wealth because I had all the time I could invest in that rather than actually... Rather than actually resting at the weekend, I that was when my lifestyle was going to be created. 
because it was it was the classic example we talked about rather than the person going out to the pub on a sunday night they would go they would go and work at, at diageo and they would earn 200 pounds for that for that shift just for one night and yet they were spending 50 60 quid in the pub so they, they would be saving three thousand pound a year with, with with the 60 quid every every week um in terms of that and then they would also be making an extra um, I'd quickly do my calculator, 200 times 52, uh, an extra £10,000 as well. So in essence, they would be £13,000 up just by doing that. And then if they took that money they were making on yeah, that one night and put it in an investment fund and it grew over the next 20 years, it's like, my God, they would have a million quid, more or less. And they'd be able to retire just because they didn't go to the pub and actually worked on the Sunday night every week instead. That yeah, is what your lifestyle we just don't realize that and don't understand that and don't see that and this is what this is how this is how you develop that wealth mindset let let's talk about what is a wealth mindset what is a mindset in the first place well a mindset is actually a lens through which you can view the world it's kind of like a pair of sunglasses it, it can slightly alter um what you see and how you think about it now i've probably given you some examples previously so mindsets are are, 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 are compromised, uh, compromise, comprised of beliefs and perceptions and mm-hmm. attitudes that inform your thoughts and decisions. Right. Different mindsets are really important, uh, part of your toolkit for success. Uh, like glasses, they can obscure your path or bring clarity to the road ahead. Cultivating a healthy, uh, wealthy mindset will help you stick to your financial goals and the ways to increase your earning potential. Here's how you get focus. And here's a really good example of that. I talk about this all the time. Imagine when you buy a car that you think no one else has. And then all of a sudden, you get on the road with that car, and then every second car that passes you on the other side is the same car. You're like, I thought nobody else had this car. I thought it'd be unique to me. And it's because you've now focused on that car, therefore, you can see that car everywhere else. And that's kind of how what a mindset is like. It's like putting these glasses on and having complete focus on the things that you've actually wanted to achieve in your goals. That's where a mind, that mindset comes from. That's how that's all, ad- all about. Now, so what is a wealth mindset? Well, if you dig deeper into the stories of wealthy people, you'll notice that pattern. Uh, Rarely will a wealthy person be able to boil down their success to a single miraculous moment. Instead, they'll actually cite their mindset as the biggest reason for their for their wealth and their propensity. A wealth mindset is a set of beliefs, a set of habits, behaviours that separate um, the wealthy from the rest. Classic example, behaviours. When you get maybe a bonus from your work, and you maybe get another thousand pounds. What's the first thing you think about? Do you think about is it the what can I spend it on? In other words, I'll go on a great holiday, or do you think about what can I invest it in for the future? And then what have I got left to spend, or how much can I invest in how much? And that's the two different distinctions. People that are not so wealthy, let's call them skint, poor, broke, um, tend to actually look at it and they go, what can I spend it on straight away? Whereas people that are wealthy and develop that wealthy mindset tend to think straight away about 
what can I, what can I invest in? You know, can I put it into my pension, or can I can I put it in a, 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 a or what can I put away for the future that I'm doing each each month anyway? So what additionally can I put away, and uh, what else have I got to do? Classic example recently, the stock market has dropped by about ten percent. I immediately phoned up my kids and goes, where's your pensions are now? They went, oh, I've put so-and-so in this year. I've put so-and-so in this year. I've put so-and-so in this year, the three of them. And I went, okay, I'm going to top each one of yours up to the maximum allowance for that year. So I'm going to transfer it to you right now. You can top up your pensions and that's you done. Because they've immediately got a 20% a twenty up uplift from the tax advantage from that. Um, so they've got an uplift straight away. Plus, when the, when the stock market recovers, they'll get that 10% uplift as well. To where it is because i know stock markets fluctuate all the time but i know the stock market roughly sits around about eight thousand points now on a on a really good day and i and that's how it'll recover and it'll probably go beyond that because it's been undervalued for a lot of years it's been sat around about seven and a half thousand for for a lot of years on and off for about the last 10 or 15 years so it's got a long way to go in terms of the in terms of if you're tracking that sort of the FTSE 100 for example i'm talking about so that's where the wealth mindset comes from. What can I invest in straight away? And what can I invest for the future for, for the people around about me and my family and all the rest of it? That's how that comes from. So the good news is with a little dedication, anyone can develop that mindset. Yeah, it can be done. You just need to obviously know how to do it properly. And I think there's a lot of people that have maybe a poor mindset and they don't even really realise that they do have a poor mindset. I call it broke thinking. Yeah, or, or people, I, people that, yeah, and indeed people that have got a poor mindset, maybe thinking about earning money, maybe earning money, they think earning money is wrong and that it could be done maybe without any effort, and that's not true, obviously. Yeah, um, and that you'll climb out of the pit of debt. Obviously, a lot of people are in that situation, uh, or that you just have uh, some special sauce to take uh, that takes to increase this uh, cash flow that people talk about. But you really need to put the work in. There's no special sauce. You know that yourself yeah. now. You'll know that. There's no special yeah. sauce. There's no there's no uniqueness about anybody that's made it. There's nothing unique about them at all, except they've developed that mindset and they've applied themselves in a particular area which they possibly possibly love doing. Find something you love doing and then work out how to monetize it. Yeah. You see that all the time. Look at Chris Rock. I was watching Chris Rock last night, and you see the you see right at the end, right? He loves doing stand-up. Okay. But you notice at the end with these people, Chris Rock wrote the show, he produced the show, he yeah, directed the show, he owns everything to do with the show. And then he gets Netflix to distribute it. He sells it to Netflix, by the way, and yeah. gets a commission every single time it's watched. That's that is wealth creation and that is monetization about what he loves to do. Um, and he, and then he take and all he's doing is talking about his day-to-day -day things about you know maybe his parents or maybe his interaction with Will Smith that he did last night. And yeah. you know, he talked about that as well. And I tell you what, he ripped the piss out of Will Smith, and he's made an absolute fortune out of that. He's turned that what, what everybody thought would be a negative moment for him and, and, and is raking it in because of that. You know, this is his time to shine. He's taking that. Most people with this poor mindset would go, it's, it's, yeah. oh, it's no fear. It's like, why me? It's like where he's gone, yeah, beauty, let's take advantage of this and I'm going on the road with a show. 
Um, and and he's 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 been perfect. At it. He's a great example of how to turn adversity into opportunity. Yeah, and and people with this poor mindset, I mean, it can it can undermine your money your money goals and things that you do set, uh, and will actively probably drive wealth away from you unless you can work to counteract that. Yeah, uh, you'll know you'll know how you'll know how you drive wealth away from you. Here's how here's how you know you're driving wealth away from you. Your skin. Nobody wants to give you a salary increase. You don't even think about you're worthy of a salary increase. These sort of things. You know, you've no acquired any new skills. You just go in and do your job day to day. You know, you work for a boss, but I tell you what, every time I worked for a boss, I knocked out of the park all the time. I made damn sure I was the best at what I ever did. So it ever came to promotion or anything else or maybe moving to another opportunity, I was always in the position to do that because I had a huge wealth experience for that reason. So it wasn't just in what I'd done outside of my job, it benefited from having that wealth mindset. It actually benefited me immensely inside my career as well. So there was, there was, you know, there's there's reason behind the fact within a 10-year period how my meteoric rise from a trainee accountant to financial director Yeah. before I was 30. That was one of my goals. I wrote down before I'm 30, I will be a financial director in industry. Not just I've started a limited company and now I'm the financial director and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, the, only, I'm the only employee. <laughs> it's like, I'm a financial director. And it's like, aye, but you're the only employee. Um, no, I'm talking about of a, of a company, of a manufacturing yeah. company. That's what I wanted to be. And then I wanted to, my goal was to retire before I was 40. And then my other goal in my mind, my long-term goal was, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I retired at 65. So you retired at what, 38? 38, yeah. And you were a millionaire by? 38. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably a millionaire before that, actually. But I never really Because I knew my KPIs, and I I never really focused on it, because I knew the wealth would come as a result of getting my KPIs right, my key performance indicators. I knew what I needed to do. But I I never had a plan about how these key performance indicators came about. I just knew when I set foot and I started off that, oh, I need to put that one in now as a key performance indicator. I need to monitor that one. I need to monitor this. I need to monitor that. I need to monitor my rent, my rent return. I need to monitor my return on capital. I need to monitor my, my, net, my net margin. I need to monitor my occupancy rate. I need to monitor, you know, how, how you know, all these different things, my leverage against the bank's income. Um, I need to monitor all these KPIs because I know that will lead me and, and I don't need to actually count my money and, and look at my net worth because I know if I get the KPIs right, this is what Willie McCall I used to work for, my managing director in ESA Martintosh. Willie McCall used to say, and I used to go to Willie, she would not do this and she would not do that. He goes, no, no, no. Willie said, no, 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 we don't do that. He says, see that report you give me every single week. He says, if I have the labor efficiency, the percentage right, and if I have the cost per hour labor right, he says, I, we will automatically make a profit. Bring us a place. I, he says, if I get these two right every single week, he says, we will be minted at the end of the year. So he says, the only things I focus on are these efficiency targets because I know everything else happens as a result of that. And nothing else could happen for that reason. Hence the reason why I never looked and went, oh, I'll work out how much I've got and all this. The only ever time I actually worked out what I had was to actually then release money and go and buy more property and invest again. The, the yeah. rinse and repeat formula, you know, the 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 the, the refurbish, the buy, refurbish, um, rent, 
and repeat it again. Uh, that's the recycled, um, re how to recycle your cash. You know, we, we, we talk about that quite a lot. Um, but I, didn't like the, I didn't like the rinse and repeat because it implies that, like we're laundering money because <laughs> well, we're it. rinsing something. But but it was, it is a kind of a kind of saying that I've adopted. Why revamp, rent, repeat. Yeah, and other people actually got that into their mind as well about this rinse and repeat formula. Uh, but essentially that's what it is. You, you, what you're doing is you're taking the same formula every single time and you're you're washing off all the all the dirt in terms of that formula, all the bits that you know, all the all the fat out of creeped in about how you do things, and you're making that formula efficient again, and then you're running with it again, and then you're learning from the from what happened before, uh, and then you're saying, okay, if I do it again, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it more efficient this time than what I did the last time by doing this, and that's why I'm that's why we talk about rinse and just keep repeating it. Um, yeah. Because we're just getting rid of all the, the 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 things that don't work from what you did previously, and getting the things that do work every single time, and making that formula so efficient every single time that it's a recipe for printing money. That's yeah. that's ultimately it. You just want something that's going to be print money, print money, print money, print money. And and to me, it's pretty boring. But as Keith Cunningham said one day, who was rich dad, Jim, boring pays well. Literally to my face. <laughs> yeah, that does. And I went, okay, I could get used to that. So he says, don't, don't, because I'm a serial, I'm, I'm a serial starter upper. I love the thrill of starting up in business all the time and the excitement of doing it and everything like that. And he says, no, you don't want to be a serial starter upper. You want to, you want to run with it and you want to keep going with it. And he says, when you get bored, just understand it's not an opportunity to self-sabotage so excitement's generated. And it's not an opportunity to go and start something else and to diversify, here's that word, diversify your income. It's like, and jump in a different sphere. It's completely different from what you do. It's an opportunity to just take stock, plateau out, be bored for a while while you just keep the money coming in and then, then focus and then go again. To the next level says so that's exact that's normal business cycles and how you do that why do you think you have product and um, the product life of any product you get as it goes up look at x factor product life x factor when it first came out goes yeah everybody wants to be involved and watch x factor and then all of a sudden it plateaus out everybody gets bored out and x factor is no longer on the telly and then they come up britain's got talent instead and take it for there see that and then they come up with something else instead at the end of that. So, so they're no daft. Simon Kill's no daft. He just comes up with something else which is close to what he's doing already and revamps it and reworks it and comes out with another product. So the product lifestyle moves up again. That's exactly how business works. Yeah. Boring pays well. Well, that brings so us on nicely. What do we do first of all? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that brings us on nicely to the next part. Hopefully what we've just spoke about clarifies to people what mindset is what wealth mindset is and how, how much it actually matters. But yeah, I mean, the first, the four points that we're going to talk about today is setting goals, being patient and to preserve. And very few wealthy people become rich overnight and building wealth is a slow process. And that's what people need to mm -hmm. keep in, in, in mind. Um, well, look at Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg didn't turn into a billionaire overnight. You could, you saw, you know, you saw the actual film um, when he was in there, and he was basically a student at college. And I tell you what, look at that! Look at the amount of balls ups that they had in the beginning, that they just couldn't work out what they were doing. But he actually just started it as a as a method to actually what was that? To, just to just to rate girls, 
Yeah, it was like a platform just to rate girls. And look at what he's got now. Look at the look at the billion pound empire, the billion dollar empire that's been created, even possibly approaching trillion, you know, uh, from Facebook. Out of somebody, I just thought, I'm going to do a platform just as a joke to rate girls at, yeah. at, at university. And then the, 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 the two other brothers got involved and then, you know, it, it kind of grew a bit more arms and legs and bigger. And then, you know, Sean Parker from uh, Napstar, he got involved because he had been in that area before building Napstar um, offline. So he got involved in well, and that's how they ended up where it was because it was a collaboration between everybody else as well. I mean, that's a really good point as well. Uh, so don't pin your hopes on achieving wealth on risky or get, get rich quick ventures. It takes hard work, dedication, and then you reap the benefits of your labor later on. It's the farmer mentality. You plant the seed, you sow the seed, you nurture the seed, you plant the seed, you sow the seed, you nurture the seed, and then you reap the harvest. Then it's time to reap the harvest. It's it's the it's the apple tree. You know, do you want the wee apple tree with a couple of apples, or do you want to nurture this into growing huge crops of apples every single year, waiting a couple of years for it, investing all your time and effort in that to reap the rewards later on, bigger, greater rewards. That's the sort of things about setting goals. The yeah. average wealthy person spends 10 times more planning their finances than the average middle-class individual. I'll probably spend 100 more times. <laughs> it is so important to set goals, though, and uh, set goals for how much you actually want to maybe save each month, or, or do you know what I mean, whether you've yeah. got that, whether it's going to be a year or five years, and then, so break it down, what are you going to save each month? More importantly, make sure that the plan mm. you have to create for yourself is reasonable and that you could stick to it. Yeah, I've seen people set goals and, and and think about setting targets and goals, and think, is that really can can you achieve that, or can you achieve close to that? Now, setting goals and targets and things, we spoke we speak about this quite a lot, Jim, um, mm -hmm. and setting a, a target that's maybe you maybe feels unattainable, but it, it allows you then to work towards that and and excel more than what you would if you had a lower one. So, yeah. think about what your goals and your targets are going to be. Um, the purpose of having maybe like a budget and things is to allow you to examine your own expenses and look mm -hmm. for areas where you could cut back uh, and eliminate costs and spending that you really don't have to, yeah. uh, to have. And then this process might require you to to make some difficult choices. And I've done a few over over the last couple of years. And I mean, we've we've been doing this wealth creation show for what were we, episode sixty three, so we're, we're just over a year. Uh, and I've changed a lot of things, spending habits and things because of what we spoke about and what we've covered in this. Um, anybody, anybody, I'll guarantee you, Richard, anybody out there that says they can't save any money because they don't have any money is lying to themselves. They're lying, you're lying to yourselves. If you say you can't save any money, you're lying to yourselves. I can guarantee you, I could look at your expenses right now and show you where you can save money straight away every single time. I've done it. I've been there. I've been from nothing to where I am now. And I understand that process completely about how you have to do that and how you have to discipline yourself to do that. You just have to discipline yourself or someone else is going to discipline you later on, like your bank manager. Yeah. What's interesting, and we spoke about it another show, I don't know if it was last week, or we spoke about the banking apps and how they break down your spending and what period you're spending money. I went and had a wee look at mine. And it actually breaks down, it breaks it down into actually exactly where you spend money in certain shops and things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's quite good. If you've got banking app, look at it um, and see where your actual breakdown of spending is. Um, 
if you're terrible at spending and um, you, you aren't that great, then aim to save about 10% of your next paycheck um, might feel like it's too much, then you have a higher chance of failing if you set that too high. So rather than failing um, and give up on your quest to become wealthy, set a goal maybe that's lower. Why not start with even just 1% instead of 10% saving? Start small, yeah, yeah. nurture the habit of saving, and then and, and scale it up over time. Here's a real great one for you. So this is one I do. Um, so my children, when they were born, um, I mean, Tony, I didn't realise till later on when Tony was about five or something, Ben and Scott were born, and then I realised you can actually invest in stakeholder pensions for children, and the government will give the child up to the basic rate tax back on their pension from birth, by the way. So you could put up to £8,880 in, the government will top it up to uh, 3600 from birth. They don't need to be working your children, by the way. Now, the, the quicker you start a pension for your children, the more wealth they're going to compound at the end when they finally retire. And in the first 18 years, if you put the top up, just the first 18 years, they'll be a millionaire by the time they retire. And you've only put the 2,880 in for the first 18 years. Now, what I did with Scott and Tony and Ben is I worked out that um, Scott, I could put £33 a month into Scott's pension. I could put 44 or £42 into Ben's pension. I could put 77 into Tony's because she's five years ahead of them. So I needed to get her to catch up with them uh, universally. Now, this is quite an interesting one. I'll just do 33 times 12. It's, it's £400 a year for Scott. Okay, so £400 multiplied by, we'll just say 20 for Scott. It comes to about £8,000 for Scott. Um, now, Scott says, yeah, in, in, invested in the same as mine, the FTSE 100 UK equity standard life, um, and Scott's pension fund is sitting at £60,000 right now. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the average pension fund to retire on right now is thirty grand, and Scott's sitting at fifty or sixty grand, and the rest of them are like that as well. And yet, I've only ever put away that amount every single time for them. So anybody that thinks it doesn't compound in wealth is is delusional you don't understand the dynamics of wealth and how it's created that's how people make money the greatest book i ever read and i've read it over 50 times and i still love reading it is think and grow rich by napoleon hill you will never think about wealth creation the same and compounding ever again after reading that book it is it'll blow your mind think and grow rich napoleon hill uh, by the way, we'll take questions at the end, so we're happy to do that. So you yeah. can keep asking questions all the way through, and we will cover them at the end. So Think and Grow Rich is a fantastic book to read, and that will set you off on your path. It's it's hard going for some people that don't have that mindset in the beginning, but eventually, at some point in time, it will start. The penny will start to drop. Hence the reason I've read it so many times, uh, and I've I've listened to it so many times as well. And um, I still get something new out of it, depending on where my level is of thinking at that point in time. I could guarantee you Mark Zuckerberg or or Richard Branson or anybody like that could, could read Think and Grow Rich again and still get something new about how to develop wealth out of that and what, what was what's relevant to them at their level. Because it's the basic fundamentals and principles that are there all the time. They work for everyone. And what he did was he interviewed 25 of the richest people in the world, the most successful people in the world at that point in time, like Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, the famous industrialist, um, all these different people he interviewed, Henry Ford, um, Edison, he interviewed them as well. And that's where Think and Grow Rich came from. It was all these people, they're pioneers in an industry. 
that actually created all this wealth that we have today and they have today, that's what has distilled that knowledge into that book called Think and Grow Rich. So start small, nurture the habit, scale up over time. And that's why I was talking about, you know, I'm putting the basic in. And then when I had enough, I would then say to the kids, right, okay, where are you right now with your pension? It's like, I'll put, I'll top up the rest. Um, and that's all, that's all I do, you know, for that purpose. And that brings us on to the next part, which is, like you say, I was talking about pensions and things, invest for the future today. Um, so, yeah, that, so that's obviously the, the four points, the second point is invest for the future for today. And most people think that money won't make itself, or will it? <laughs> as Jim's just as Jim's just demonstrated, uh, compound interest is a process of growth that allows you um, to invest your money to grow uh, exponentially over time. And that, that was a really good example of that, Jim, with the pension fund there. Um, so compound interest actually yeah. works, and it occurs when you earn interest on interest. Mm -hmm. uh, you earn each year of your money is invested you'll earn a percentage of interest on the total amount of money it's in there and 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 in the account which includes the amount you've actually made last year as well so you're making money on the money on the money i talk about it as compounding as i, I tell you i i tell you something that's not compounding is if you're in your if your normal job and you're not you're not doing anything you're not educating yourself you're not doing anything else and you just live in this job and you work in this job for the rest of your 40 years okay because that's usually the 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 dream that we are sold, work for 40 years, retire on two thirds of what you couldn't afford to live on in the first place, and, and you'll survive. That's what we are, that's what we're more or less told and taught in our society. But what compounding isn't is a job, because when you get to a job, what happens is maybe you're paid 30, 35, 20, whatever it is, At the end of the year, your counter stops and it resets to zero again. And that's what I talk about. That is what that is what your job is for your living. Okay, what you do outside of your job is for your lifestyle. And that's why it's important. So outside of your job is things like the savings that you make, the extra work that you do, you put aside, the education that you get. That's what develops your lifestyle later on. But that also gets you an increase in your job because you're you're more educated, you're higher educated. So therefore you can you can take on a different role in your position. And when when there's a when there's a maybe a, a different position going in a management position, they go straight away to you and go, great stuff. You've done an HND or an HNC in business studies. You did that, Richard. Um, yeah. you're the next in line for promotion. You're the natural progression. Not the person that goes, but I've been here for 20 years. I'm entitled to get that job. Okay. Sorry, sorry. What have you done for your job? Oh, I've compounded twenty years worth of knowledge and experience. I went, well, no, really. If you look at your job, you've only done the same thing every single year as you did the first year. So the experience you've gained in your job is one year's worth, but you've done it for twenty years. That's why it's important to learn more, educate yourself more, get more wisdom, and even get more work off your off your boss. Because you get, if you get to do their work, then you learn more about how they work and what their job entails. And therefore, one day you'll maybe steal their job. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll get kicked out because you're better than them. I've done it. <laughs> I never, it was a natural progression that I actually ended yeah, up in yeah. that position because, because of what I'd learned from them. But I didn't actually get their job. I went, I went to another company and I, I was appointed, you know, the person, it was the same level as them. Um, as a result. So compound interest works on the more or less the same, but in a monetary terms, it's you're making money on the money, 
and and you're compounding that as well. Uh, another classic example of that is if you look at athletes. When an athlete first starts out, their muscle mass is no is not there, is it? And then what they do every single every single week, every single day, every single every single month, every single year is they build their muscle mass and they become more and more efficient in their body. But they don't. It doesn't actually end the ne- the end of the year. They've actually they actually build on what they've got before. So you can see how that compounds to, and then that's why they become Usain Bolt after yeah. all these years because they're compounding their they're compounding their 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 um, their health and their their body in order and their machine that they have in order to do that. That's another way of thinking about compounding. So it's easy to think about that in money. If you if you the longer you allow your 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 money to grow and everything else to grow, and you keep putting that investment in and time and effort, the more money you'll make in return. I mean, look at in 1994, Bill Gates was worth 9.3 billion dollars to pluck a figure there. Fast forward to 2014, and he was worth 82 billion dollars, ten times, almost ten times as much, and that was in the space of um, 20 years later. So 20 years later, and he's he went up 10 times in terms of his his worth. And a lot I mean, of people might think that that was just down to Microsoft and things, but there's a lot more involved in that, Jim. Aye, it was his investment manager, Michael Larson, that actually did that. Um, his investment manager, um, it wasn't fueled in Microsoft sales or anything like that. He actually had an investment manager that looked after his money, uh, Michael Larson, and he invested money in, in, in all the right things for him. Yeah. And that's what a lot of uh, high-profile stars do. Some of them, you know, they're, they're just delusional. They go to people and they just they just think they can do it themselves. They're not specialists in it at all. They don't get the right people to do it for them. There's no surprise. That's why I invest in a pension with Standard Life. I used to work with Standard Life years ago. I know their track record. I know they're really good at what they do. And they're a steady pair of hands at the helm. And I know they'll be around here for years to come. And that's another way of diversifying and actually having a proper investment manager looking after my money and doing what he did for that. So investing money is a fundamental strategy amongst wealthy people. And you don't have to do it alone. Learn how to invest or look for help. There are plenty of accomplished and trustworthy advisors out there. And the bottom line is letting all your savings sit idle in the bank is a big, big mistake. Uh, that's how you go down. You're, 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 in, in, this, in this game of life, you're either growing or you're contracting. There's no sitting still. It, it, it's just the way it is. Because if you're sitting still, inflation's going up, so you're contracting automatically. So you have to grow in terms of that and your wealth has to grow as well or you're just you're just contracting you're going back and we, a lot of people talk about right now how my savings are eroding in the bank well do something about it then don't just sit and talk about it do something about it yeah i was just because it's like if, if, if some people's investment strategy is to save and to save and leave their money in a savings account for years on end then really your, your nest egg is going to it's going to be worth a lot less especially like if you look at inflation and things recently yeah. how that's increased then your money last year at this time is worth a lot less than the bank than it is this year at this Aye. time. I'm not touting for business, but if you, if, you, if you think like that and you're just happy for your money to sit in the bank, just give it to me and I'll give you, I'll give you a bit more. <laughs> I'll give you a bit more than what you get in the bank and then I'll make a fortune on it. That's 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 the way you leverage your position um, in, in, that, in, 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 that, in that terms. I know, I know I've, I've had loads of people actually want me to do that in the past, but I've, mm-hmm. I've been reluctant to do it because there's a lot of compliance issues with that. And I'm, I'm not just, that's just no me. Um, friends and family can do that, by the way, uh, because there's no 
there's no restriction on that for the financial uh, conduct authority because um because then the difficulty of that is then people giving you advice down the pub about your income you can actually take, take you can take you know you can take um you can take them for everything because they've given you the wrong advice but that's why the that's why they give you an exemption for friends and family under the financial conduct authority um for advising for wealth and uh, creation uh candy bars think about it sweeties used to be like you know, I remember when a Caramac, I've got five pence. What can I do with five pence? I could buy a Caramac bar. You can buy shit all now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't buy anything now. It's like you will never be able to, five pence will only get you far. Five pence won't even get you a penny dainty now, like what you used to get years ago. Um, you'd be hard pressed to buy anything uh, if that's yeah. uh, the sustained increases in prices over time, the goods and services. It's inflation that just erodes everything and it decreases your purchasing power of money as time goes by. If your investment strategy to leave your money in savings accounts, like what you said, Richard, you're, you're delusional. It's going to be worth less than what it is at the beginning of the year. Instead, weigh your investment options. Common methods of investing include your pensions. Pension schemes, yeah. Yeah, pension schemes and ISAs. But even ISAs now with a personal savings allowance of £1,000 a year um, are really not worth it anymore if it ties you into anything. Unless they're going to make a huge return in comparison, there's no worth it because you can make a thousand pounds personal uh, savings allowance anyway um, under the government regulations. So um, retirement plans and weigh, weigh your options and what you need to do. Retirement plans that you can invest in yourself and with even through your employer. Here's a classic example. Yeah. We've got employment pensions, okay? Now, employment pensions aren't going to save you, by the way. You're screwed. Because you know what happens is everybody's doing the same thing as you. John Paul Getty was one of the richest person in the world. And John Paul Getty said he was in oil and all the rest of it way back in the early 1900s. But John Paul Getty actually said, in order to be rich, you've got to observe the masses and do the exact, do the exact opposite. So what everybody's doing right now is the government's forcing everybody into pensions, company pensions, and everybody's contributing the same amount based on their salary. So what happens is when all these people retire at the same time, because they will, in tranches, at the same time, they'll retire, they'll all have the same income. So what do you think is going to happen to all the prices? They'll all go up to the same value. Everybody will be buying the same things at the same time. By the way, that's exactly where you are right now. So you're putting money away for your future to be exactly where you are right now. Yeah. That's not going to work either. So this is why if your company is offering a, a top up of your pension, they might be additional over and above. Take advantage of it. Put more money into your pension. Because you the, the object of the exercise is not to be is to be ahead of everybody else. Because if you're not ahead of everybody else, you're just in the mainstream realms of getting what everybody else is getting. And it's observe the masses and do the exact opposite. So that's how you do it. Employers can match your contributions, as I says, and your, your your money will continue to grow until you decide it's the gold, it's the golden years. There's more allowances coming in. The six, the forty thousand uh, minimum is going to sixty five thousand. Know that anybody yeah. will ever be able to use it. You know, I might take advantage of it because I'm nearer in retirement age, um, and that's a classic example about how to how to leverage your position because you'll get a higher return by putting that in, and you'll be able to generate more income. So when you do draw down. You'll be able to draw down 25% tax-free straight away of that money you've put in towards the end of your retirement, and you're getting that lift from the tax mark. Yeah. Remember, contributions are made on a pre-tax basis, and the money you put in can reduce your, your taxable income for the year as well. If you're a higher rate payer, 
you put a contribution into your pension, you'll actually be able to bring your tax down to a low rate payer. I do that every single year. I work that out every single year how much I need to put into my pension before I get to the end of the tax year so it brings me down to the lower rate. So you pay, you, and, and remember as well, you pay income on the tax, on the money you pull out from your pension. So just be aware of that. Um, so you might not want to draw it straight away if you're earning money outside of that, exactly what I'm doing now. Um, but you might want to draw the 25% out, then you can actually transfer it to a pension, an, another type of pension, and then you're allowed to put in a certain amount, but not as much advantage as you had before in terms of the tax advantages you get. So there's lots of ways to leverage your income and use the government's money and the government's regulations in order to develop that mindset that you can seek out the best investments for your needs. After all, who doesn't want to make money while they sleep? So yep. can grow rich. It's great. Most people say, oh, I'll pay for that lunch. And I went, well, by the time we've got to the end of this lunch, I've actually made money. <laughs> <laughs> I've made more money than the lunch cost. So, and that's passive. That's no me getting involved yeah. in anything. So it's all right. I'll pay for the lunch. In fact, somebody else is paying for the lunch because it's no me. Because that's the money I've made. Yeah. That's a nice position to be in. That's, yeah. Go on holiday. And when you come back from holiday, you've actually earned more wealth than you did before you went on holiday. That's, so that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's a good position to be in. So you just go on holiday more. That's <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I'm taking five holidays this year. <laughs> um, what about what about never stop hustling? Is definitely yeah, the third yeah. one, isn't it? Next one, never stop hustling. Yeah, I mean, I think now that obviously we've spoke about um, the foundations of growing your money and what you need to do to do that, uh, it's time to then start thinking about where to really invest in and think of the important things. If you want to maybe foster a wealth mindset, you'll need to minimise your time-wasting activities. There's a lot of people who spend a lot of time, uh, Jim, we've said it before, being busy for the sake of being busy, uh, like watching television uh, and scrolling through social media, chewing gum for the mind, we spoke about yeah. that as well. Um, and globally, people spend over around two hours uh, on social media sites every day. I would actually, I, I, would, I would want to say more. I think it would be more. Genuinely, I was at the point I was spending about an hour on TikTok. It's so easy. It is extremely addictive. I was about spending an hour because it's, it, I, I was showing my mum the other day, she's not on any social media platform, I was yeah. showing how addictive it is. Even the Chinese don't let their children watch TikTok. It's, so it's banned in China. Yeah. And they, they're the people that produced it because they realise the distraction it causes in your society and, and, yeah. and how it dumbs the mind. Yeah, because if, even if you try to get out of it, it actually shows you another video. And you try to get out again, it actually shows you another video. And all the videos are designed to be addictive, hold none. So this is why I do not, and we're on TikTok for there, but I would rather be a creator than a consumer. Yes. This it's is what my mind says. The last thing I want to watch is a reality television program. Because I don't want to watch anybody else's life. I've got my own life to contend with enough as it is. And it's the classic example. Oh, did you see that? Um, tenants from hell, landlords from whatever it is. It's like, hey, I live that every day. <laughs> I didn't. I, I don't need to. I don't need to let. I don't need to watch somebody else. It's like, yeah. my God, I, I, I do. You know, this is this is what happens. So why do I need to watch anybody else? So as soon as a reality television come on, bang, switch the channel off. Get onto something else that's more. The things I watch the most, I don't invest in series you know, um, uh, episodes anymore because 
I've then got to work out, wait a minute, this is a series that I'm going to start. There's going to be six episodes in the very beginning in series one. That's almost six hours of my time that I could spend efficiently on something else. And then I'm probably going to get addicted and I'll go into series two. And that'll be another 12 episodes. That'll be another 12 hours of my time. So at some point I says, forget it. It's like the butterfly effect. I've seen this before. Forget it. I'm no, I'm no watching it for day one. And I'm no bothered if it affects anybody else. If you can't talk to anybody about, oh, did you see that episode? No, I didn't watch it. Oh, you're completely anti-social. I'm not bored. Bye. I'm away on holiday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think you're, it's imp- you're still working. I think it's important to invest in times uh, things that are important. Um, and instead of maybe scrolling through social media, like you say, concentrate on things like uh, taking care of your body. That's a really important thing. Um, if you aren't already focusing on maybe your mental health or your yeah. actual physical health, learn to practice maybe better health um, habits, such as eating healthy, sleeping better, exercising and things. You would be very surprised that eating healthy, sleeping properly, increasing your, your exercise and things, the profound difference it will make to you as a person and how you react on a daily basis to things yeah. and, and the success of things like your business or whatever you're trying to run. I don't get the, you're the one I don't get the now, Richard, and I'll tell you, most people will identify with this. When people say, I need to take a break from social media. What? What are you getting involved in in social media that you need to take a break from it? Bloody hell, it's a program. It's like a television. You can just switch it off. So what is it you're doing on social media that you're actually feeling that position in that way that you need to take a break from it? Or you're, let, you're letting it drag you in too much. Right, that's you're what it take over. Yeah. Stop, stop playing your life out in somebody else's life. Stop play, Stop taking part in somebody else's life. Yeah. Run your own life first. Look after yourself first. You don't need to take a break from social media. You just need to concentrate on the right things. You need to concentrate on you and just, you know, if somebody, you know, fair enough, I, I'll chip in and somebody wants a bit of advice on something. This is what I would do. You know, great. If anybody ever gets to a, 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 almost a former, and I, and I saw a great one from Nancy Scollin one time where somebody started arguing with her when she made a comment in one of my feeds and went, hey, there's no question time you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, in other words, it's off. <laughs> and I thought that's brilliant because that's exactly what it is. I'm not here to debate with anybody. It's my way. Or forget it. Don't be on my feed. It's like, by the way, I'm going to unfriend you or ban and delete. I don't need that shit in my life. You know, I don't need it up here. And that's what that's how people should think. I don't need that in my life. Get rid of these people. They're toxic. They will drag you down to them. Classic is like, I'm not feeling very well. I'm just like, oh, and, and all, the, all the mysterious posts that people put on. Don't jump to the bait. They're just like, we've come to society. It looks for attention rather than love now. I'll say that again. We are at a society who look for attention more than they look for love. And this is the platforms that provide it. They just want the loves and the likes. They don't want to interact with anybody. They just want loves and likes all the time. There's people out there that just live on that. That's not the society you should be in. It should be engaging. You should be communicating with other people. You should be talking to other people. You should go for coffees and walks and, you know, whatever it is you need to do in order to keep yourself sane. We are a we are a, a, a species that need human connection with each other. Social media isn't that. Trust me. 
it's a learning platform. That's how I look at it. And an yeah, opportunity as well. But it's, it's important to take yourself away for that, create that extra time, use that time, like I say, whether it's on your physical or your mental uh, well-being, concentrate on that, possibly practice, maybe use that time to practice negotiation skills. I mean, whether that's maybe negotiating your bills and things like, do you know, if, if you're trying to cut back and, and, and um, not spend as much, use that time to work on that. Um, maybe work on negotiating your salary or maybe your client contracts or wealthy people always come up on top um, when they're able to squeeze a little more money uh, yeah. for themselves. I'll tell you a classic thing this is I, I spoke to Ben the other day, my son, and mm -hmm. he was saying, I'm going, I went for an interview, I said, how did you get on? He went, oh, well, I was like, I got a wee bit flustered and all the rest of it. Okay. I says, Ben, the best thing you could do is go for loads of interviews, just loads of interviews for anything and everything. Okay, went, Why would you do that? I says, because you'll get really good at being, being interviewed yeah. and it'll become really normal to you and you'll become comfortable with it and you'll be able to rattle off just like that. You will never become nervous anymore, but you need to start somewhere. This is why when you talk about negotiation as well, it's like you've got to start somewhere. So just start playing about with it, but don't have any expectation of actually winning a negotiating position. Just actually, just actually experiment with it. You never know. You might get some wee wins now and again. And I talk about that, don't I? I say, look, have fun with people. You know, when you're, I say that to you, Richard, and I say that to the rest of the team. When people are throwing objections at you, even though you're not getting the business, use it a perfect opportunity to learn, opportunity and, and, to learn and, yeah. and, and actually hone and develop your skills of handling objections. That's the best way to do it. So you've come away with something positive of that experience and that interaction with someone, and you've learned something new. And every single time that compounds. See that compound word again? Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're creating this extra time and maybe you're in a position where you're trying to save and things, like I say, use the time for skills and things, but also have a bit of a side hustle. Use, I mean, all these hours that you've used, maybe scrolling through social media things, have a side hustle. Do something that maybe earns you a little bit extra cash. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you could do with these with these hours that could earn you extra cash. And that no, got any education, I don't know what to do or the rest of it. Just go out and clean something then. Yeah, just do something that, and that's be extra cash for you to invest. Do a part-time cleaner and do a part-time cleaner. You know the things that, you know, in, 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 in Buckhaven of all places, it's like Buckhaven of all places, there's an old man that was there and he passed away and he had kept himself all these years. And and, and he all he ever did was he was, a, he was a janitor at the local school. Gary says only fans. You can do only fans as well. It's like, okay. I believe it or not, Gary, I actually looked at it and I thought, I wonder if I could. There's people there putting their feet on only fans and getting paid for it. Just their feet, nothing else. It's crazy the things you can make money doing. It's like, my God, there's people out there who'll pay money for that. It's like, anyway, I digress. Okay. There's other preferred websites as well, apart from only fans. But what I was saying, you know, this guy, he was a, just a janitor all his life. And, and when he passed away, he had left 1.7 million. <laughs> <laughs> and all he had done his whole life, his sister did the same thing. And this is how we know the story. All he had done was taking a wee bit of his income every single time and kept investing it and never touching it. Yeah. And he, he had 1.7 million when he, when he actually passed away. Now, to me, that's no success, by the way, having 1.7 million, because you could have you could have done could it, have made that a lot more. On, or done something with it, or passed on to the next generation in a tax efficient manner. Because yeah. 1.7 million, you get nailed for inheritance tax. Yeah. But the very fact is, this is a janitor. It's never done anything else out all his life. He's just saved properly. 
and invested for his future 1.7 million because he'd done it over about 40 or 50 years yeah. it can be easily done and this is what we're this is and even by things like um, uh, well share your car with someone else and pay for the petrol instead of having a car to get into work um you know my friend you could be a delivery know, driver you could do this one effect Ian, we were talking about this morning when we were going around. Ian's a tutor, and we were talking about um, he's got classes now, so he can he can he can leverage his position with yeah, his time and yeah. earn more money out of the classes online rather than just one to one bespoke individuals. And we talked about this as well about you know. Um, so what are you going to do when somebody definitely wants your time? And he says, I'm not really sure. I says, Well, what you do is you take the amount it is with that time for the class, and you say that's what you're going to have to pay me for that time if you want one to one with your child. He went, I never thought it like that. He says, well, they can only say no, and then you could run a class with that time anyway because your time is now limited. It's no the fact that you've got an abundance of time now. So why would you know just put the price up? I learned that in the early days when I was asked to come back to work with my company. Oh, could you come back to work with, my, with us? When I, when I left Macintosh at 38 and retired, financially free, and they, they begged me to come back on a subcontract basis because it was just for a project for three months. And I went, I'm not really want to come back. God, I'm, I'm, I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. I'm in the wild. I'm free. Woohoo. Um, um, but then I says, I'll tell you what I'll do. And I learned the lesson from someone else. He says, just come up with a ridiculous number per hour and see. What, and, and they could only say no. And what are you bored about? And so I came up with a ridiculous number per hour. And they went, OK. <laughs> you're, holy shit. You're joking. You're going to pay me three times what I've got paid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, we're fine to do that. But like, okay, now that's when you realise what your true worth is, and you begin to get a feeling for it. Um, so find your niche you're passionate about, and don't even something that doesn't even feel like work. Learn new skills in the areas that you're interested in too. You never know when your skill learned uh, learned today will become an opportunity for later on down the line. This is this is one of the reasons why I'm doing this. It might be the it might be further down the line that I I well I do use this platform now and again I do you you know I've done about four thousand videos and I do yeah. I do live because I love live because it it gets me in the mindset I can think on my feet so when people say how on earth do you rattle that off just like that well I started four thousand videos ago and I learned that develop I developed that skill over it's, time like you're saying it's all about the interview thing you, you've become yeah. so yeah. Finally, maintain a positive attitude. What, what yes. laws of attraction, Richard, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've all heard of the laws of attraction or the saying laws of attraction. And the law of attraction uh, states that like, uh, that like attracts like. And in other words, our thoughts and actions attract similar thoughts and actions. So people yeah. that are like each other and, 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 and operate the same will attract. Tribe. Yes. Herd mentality and tribe. You end up being in the tribe. This is why people, when you've got um, workshops on wealth creation and the rest of it, they all get in the same room together. Now, we all think like each other. We should all be a part of each other. And then they sell you a course because they say, if you're in with that, in with these people, it'll benefit your your mental thinking and you'll, you'll grow bigger and all the rest of it. But that's them developing. That's these people uh, monetizing that by developing a tribe to follow them. Look at the, the little monsters for Lady Gaga. Yeah. That's a classic example of a tribe. So the little monsters for Lady Gaga, right? The laws of attraction states that attracts like attracts like, okay? Um, in other words, our thoughts and actions attract similar thoughts and actions. If you think positive thoughts, positive things will happen. If you think about wealth creation, 
Um, you will bring more of your wealth into your life. Now, you could think about it, but you actually need to do something about it as well. That's probably one of the most important things. You must foster positive thoughts of wealth and abundance. If you develop, if you dwell on the negative, if you get, you'll get discouraged and give up on your dreams. And that's why it's important to have a dream as well, because if you don't have anything to focus on, when tough, when tough times come along, um, tough people just don't last because they don't know where they're focused on and they don't know where they're going. That's why you need to know where you're going. You need to understand where you're going. You need to have that, that you need to have that, what do I want in the short term? What do I want in the medium term? What do I want in the long term? If you don't have it now, don't try to get it perfect before you start. Just go and do something to get it started. I was always, I was always, I was always, there needs to be a place and a place for everything before I do anything. I need to start somewhere. You know, it's like, I have to have it perfect before I start. You, you've fallen foul of this, Richard, you know that. Because you've learned by my mistakes as well. But this is what I used to tell my mentors. But I need to have this perfect before I start. I need to know where I'm doing and what I'm doing and all the rest of it. And I need to know how that goes and where this fits and where that fits. And, and it's like, oh my God, I can't do anything because it's no perfect. And then my mentors just said, look, Jim, just pick up the phone and phone someone. Yeah. That's where you start. And then you find out for the conversation about what you need to do next. And that's what I did. I just took it in blind faith and went on with it. So start by erasing negative thoughts in your mind. Replace them with thoughts like, I will be wealthy. I am good enough. I used to use the phrase every single time. Every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. Yeah. And I, and I used to say that to myself religiously when in the mirror. Every time I got up in the morning, before I started anything, I looked in the mirror and I said, every way, every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. Even though I felt like shit. Yeah, that's just like this. It's basically affirmations, and affirmations of yeah. things is quite an Americanized thing. But I mean, it's really, it really has a lot of impact on you. I think being the positive thinking and affirmations. I felt, I, I felt a weight in my mind. I felt depression. I felt ill. I felt I couldn't do this. But I just blind faith. I looked in the mirror and said, "Every way and every day, I'm getting better and better." And I just looked at myself in the eye every single time. And she just goes, Jim, you know what? You're the best. You, you're absolutely brilliant, Jim. That's the type of things I used to say. I used to look at myself in the mirror and used to look at my face and look at all the, the, you know, the patterns of my face and everything like that. And I used to look at all these things and I go, Jim, you're just the best. You are the best at this. You will excel at this. Because every day and every way, you're getting better and better. And I used to talk to myself in the third person sometimes and tell myself I'm fantastic. That's the type of thing. I will succeed. That's what you tell yourself. Will. Not can. Will. That's the most important. The road to wealth isn't easy, but it won't be any easier if you, if you if, but but it won't be any easier if you start creating potholes for yourself. Yeah. You need to be completely sold in the idea of your success. And that's when you have to reinforce it every single day with yourself. The affirmations, the writing it down, the looking at what you need to, how you need to achieve and what you need to do to get there. Yeah. So how long does it take to develop that wealth mindset, Richard? Yeah, and that's the question. And people will ask that question. So how long does it take to create this kind of wealth mindset that we've spoke about on the show today? And I think the best part of developing a wealth mindset is that you, you could start immediately. You could start anytime you want. 
and by education and strategizing and uh, and then ultimately the action putting any action yeah. and a call to action on that is how you do that the key is to start small tackle things maybe in bite size small small portions uh, with with goals obviously initially small goals bite size aim for them like compound interest these small investments will build up over time I actually further your progress I still put it on my phone to this day, Richard. I put tasks in my phone. You don't see them because it's in my Google diary, but yeah. it's not. A, it's just a task. And I have things like phone so-and-so, um, house prices index to, to do, um, and, yeah. and just things like that. And when you go into the task, you actually get the wee tick button to mark as complete and see the see the, 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 the wee dopamine hit that you get. Just out of hitting that button, say mark is complete. Done. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just like we're going back to the old list in your book, where you kept a list in your book of you know the tasks of what you needed to do, and you've written it down. Love that you and I have got the same book. There you go. <laughs> and then then you just you just tick it as you go. I've got I've, I've done that one. I've done this one. I've done that yeah. one. There's nothing more satisfying to your mental state of mind and the the thought process of you going forward is the fact that you're ticking off that list to say you've done it. And it's just a wee achievement. It could be something as simple as, I've made the tea. I've, I've cleaned my desk. I've washed the dishes. I've taken the bins out. You know, try and get that into your mindset of your business and what you're doing right now and develop that. And once you get into this, it, it's, it's getting into that flow of the natural progression. I don't, I mean, somebody said to me the day, you, you know, you, you, you go back to running. And I'm like, well, actually, I'm going to have to start from scratch in my mind because I've been out for so long with injuries. Um, it's actually, now I discipline myself every single week to swim in the swimming pool, a mile at least every single week in the swimming pool. And I will not give that up because I know that that's what keeps me ahead of the game. But I now have to get that discipline back for the running and I, I and walking more or less in the very beginning. And then I also now have to get that discipline back after I built up my, my muscles, because my muscles have decayed to nothing now. They're back to normal just walking um, for cycling as well now. I could still do a standard, a, a sprint triathlon. I could never do a standard. I'll be able to do a sprint triathlon quite, quite normally because I, I know... I know I can do a sprint triathlon. Um, it will take me a wee bit more, a wee bit more time than usual, but I know I can do it. But I would love to do it a bit better, and I'd love to go out running again and all the rest of it. But this is going to take another process about exactly what we've done here, is about developing this same sort of mindset, but for running and for cycling. Yeah. yeah, in order to achieve your goal. And like we just said there, break it down, have small bite-sized goals, and within months and weeks or, or even days, yeah. your wealth goals will be on the fast track uh, to your success and that and that's how you do it um don't try and it happen. The, yeah. the, just for finalizing on here and then we'll, we'll go to the questions on the platforms yeah. um uh, there's no simple formula for wealth that's the reality newsflash <laughs> it's not going to come to you well they're just that easy maybe you'll have a brilliant idea and see it through maybe you'll start a business with a, a great co-founder um, maybe like most of us, you'll work hard and you'll save smart and invest your and your way into riches. Uh, because I tell you what, that's how most people will make their money. They'll work hard, they'll save smart, and they'll invest for their future. At the end of the day, everyone has to take the, the route that's right for them, 
we'll all have different paths of success and, and failure. It's just the way that it, it's just the hand, the cards that you're dealt. Play the hand of the cards that you're dealt. People will roll, roll, lie down and they'll say, it's not fair how they've got it like this and I've got it like that and yet I'm exactly like them. Hey, newsflash, you just have to play the cards that you're dealt and make the best of the hand that you've got. That's all it comes down to. For those that make it to the end, will be the will be the individuals who have been able to develop and stick to that wealth mindset. There will be huge riches at the end for this for you. And um, if you if you stick to this later on, I'll guarantee you that. I could more or less write a guarantee out of that. It will be if you stick to that. I used to have a lot of people in the early days when we were in another business, network marketing, and they used to say, it never worked for me. And my response to that was, you obviously didn't work it then. Because most people, when they're told what to do, they have selective listening and they don't listen to everything. So when they're told to bake a cake, all of a sudden the egg isn't included. Because they, oh, I didn't realise, well, how do you think the cake's going to turn out the same then as what I did? But that's how people are. They, they selective listen and they leave the bits out that are uncomfortable for them. They don't, oh, I don't want to do that. It's too uncomfortable for me. That's that's how That's how people develop a poor mindset because they don't force themselves. They don't push themselves to do that. That's us. Yeah. Like, let's go to remarks or questions or whatever it is. Just to this end, we've got Gary and Perry. Thanks, Gary, for joining in your comments. And Perry jumped in on this end as well. I think Thanks I start, I asked, I answered about how do, you do, how do you start with no money? Well, I started with no money. Yeah. Uh, watch all the wealth creation shows on our YouTube channel, Five Properties TV or Jim Parker. Um, you'll see there the wealth creation show that, you know, I, 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 I tell my whole story, Diary of a Property yeah. Investor, over about six series. And from the very beginning, from my birth, basically, to where I am right now. Um, I think it was actually seven episodes we've done with your yeah me and the missus are looking to buy a property um when would you recommend is the best time to buy if you're looking to buy now yeah. now because if it's long term it doesn't make any it doesn't make any difference all all you're doing at this point in time if you're buying a property together then all you're doing is putting yourself on the property ladder so you have a trading position to trade from your property at the same price to the next property you buy that's how that works um, if you're not on that property ladder, then you run the risk that property prices could go up or property prices could come down. And then, therefore, you're kind of gambling at that point in time. So hopefully that's given you the answer to that one. Just been going around in circles and every month I want to break the cycle. Andy, Andy, you know how to break the cycle. You just maybe don't want to do the uncomfortable things to do it. It's the baking the cake. You're selecting what you want to put in it. Just do everything we've said and it'll work for you. If you go around the circles all the time, um, you might find that at, at one point you'll actually break through, just like we talked about the boulder in the, in the stream. Yeah. No, it was just Gary's jumped in there, obviously, watching this every week, so non-negotiable for him. But I love how he's, he's racked up 50k uh, on his peloton while he does it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Gary's making a really efficient use of his time because he's he's creating his, his health, he's benefiting his health by 50 kilometers on his Peloton. At the same time he's watching this, that is completely productive. That is so efficient. Gold star, Gary. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's the type of things I would do. That's why I've got a TV in the bathroom. Because I'll sit and watch Diary of a CEO and some of the property investors while I'm actually getting washed. 
at the same time. And I'll be sitting on my phone as well at the same time, actually just updating profile and, and, and answering questions and stuff like that as well while I'm getting washed. Three things at once. Um, if having a buy to let and limited uh, company, do you need to put deposit um, from tenant? Okay. If, if having buy to let and limited company, do you need to put deposit from tenant in deposit scheme? Yes. Yes. That. Regardless, if there's a custodial scheme in your country, um, whether it's England, Scotland, or whatever, a deposit has to be done that. Um, well, here's Barry from Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barry, have you hung on? I've got any answers for me about no tenant contracts or declaring revenue. Yeah, okay. Uh, Barry, we've been over this before. Can I buy a house with crypto? Yes, you can. Uh, yeah. What do you think about having uh, title deeds as NFTs? I've not even explored that, to be honest. But the reality is, an NFT title deeds, I'm not really sure if it's just exactly the same thing. And it's just because you've got title deeds and you transfer them to another person anyway for a monetary value. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I, it's not, NFTs is not something I'd want to get involved in um, because I stick to my core competence. Uh, um, stick to your knitting and eat your own cooking. Yeah. That's what you should be doing. Um, inspired for success. Hey, yep, hey. Um, clever guys. Yep. Well, clever. I wouldn't say I'm clever. Um, inspired for success is a, a real thank you very much for saying that. You know, I'm I'm kind of I kind of I'm I'm humbled by it more than lightly. Um, it's not clever. It's just acquiring the right knowledge. Um, just say, it's more knowledge than it is. And it's standing on the shoulders of giants that came before us. Um, because if other if these people I've learned from hadn't been there, then I probably wouldn't be where I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is a, a, a um I don't know if this is a compliment to you, Richard. Is that Gary Tank Commander speaking to you? <laughs> <laughs> How can you leverage the money in my property to get ahead in life? Uh, leverage your money in your property. Uh, classic example, leverage your money in your property as if you've got excess equity, in other words, that you could borrow from your property uh, and, 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 and it would allow you to buy another property as a deposit, then that's how you'd leverage your income and, and your wealth. Because then what happens is if you have a property you've got just now, it could double in value. But the, real, the reality is if you're living in it, you're going to trade it for another property, which will double in value anyway. The only way you can create money in property is actually to have property outside of your normal day-to-day -day property you live in. And that's where it makes money. So if I can buy a property for £100,000 and I'm having to put 25000 down as a deposit, um, that's a simple way of doing it. I've got 25000 in, but I've actually got a £100,000 property which will actually double in the next 10 to 20 years. So on that 25,000 event I've got in, in the next 10 to 20 years, about doubles, I'm actually making 100,000 pounds on it. Plus the fact if I've got it rented, I'll be making the rent on it as well. Now, if it doubles quicker, then potentially you could actually take a bit more equity of that and buy another property and actually do exactly the same thing again. So see how the duplication formula works. Uh, we've explained it in other shows before. If you go onto Five Properties TV, and look for the wealth creation show list playlist on five properties tv on youtube it's, it's all in there huge bank of knowledge and information masterclass in wealth creation 
Barred says, I love this advice. Would love to have a chat in the pub uh, talking non-financial advice. Yeah, I, I do that as well, actually. Um, I did actually do, um, in order to do that, because we did it in lockdown, I did a, a show called uh, The Sunday Slot. And the Sunday slot was basically talking to people from different backgrounds about how they achieved their success in their field and, and actually broadcast at the same time. And that was kind of the same thing that you're talking about now. Uh, somebody said, what's happening here? Well, you've missed it. Uh, good story. Thank you very much. Do you have one-to-one -one mentorships uh, for Robbie? Uh, Robbie, yes. We kind of have one-to-one -one mentorships, but we don't actually charge people money for this. Um, uh, Richard, uh, who you'll not see here, um, because he's on every other channel, you can't do a dual list on TikTok now, um, because he's not got a thousand followers yet. <laughs> well, what am I? I'll check it out. What's your, your TikTok handle, Richard, so we can encourage people to follow you? It's Five Properties Lettings. So Five Properties Lettings on TikTok, if you follow that, at some point in time when Richard gets over a thousand followers, he'll be able to be on a joint TikTok broadcast with me. And you'll and see 764 at the yeah, moment. Yeah, so 764 then. Um, so if you do that on TikTok, that would be fantastic to get him up so he can broadcast and come on the show with me live on that TikTok platform. But what I would say to you is one-to-one um, -one mentorships, we do an end of month on a Thursday night at 7 o'clock, a private Zoom session for people that either want to get started or any point in their journey of uh, um, um, wealth creation or primarily property investment. And even if it's just trying to find out for the first time what you should be doing, how you should be doing it, um, you're more than welcome to join that. But you need to message Richard because Richard runs that. I've got a few. I mean, we do we do a limited number each time. We try and keep it to about five. We try and keep it to about five because it's easily manageable and we can stick with these people throughout their journey. But if we do get more people, then we'll just actually we'll create another group and then they'll start a different journey in their time. Uh, and then that will just happen over time that we'll keep doing that. I've got a few new join uh, members joining this this month. Um, Barry, uh, thank you very much. You just became a top viewer, apparently, <laughs> according to TikTok, uh, and he sent a lightning bolt. Thank you very much. I, I think that's the first time I've had this. I've had something for somebody. <laughs> I've, I've got to I've got to be like kudos to you, Barry. I've actually that's the first time I've actually anybody on TikTok has given me anything. Um, so a lightning bolt's uh, the, the best I can have. Fantastic. Uh, is this a live? Uh, is this is this live about to do lists? I'm not really sure what that means. Uh, wealth and property, uh, wealth and property uh, investments, bro. Um, how to better yourself? Yep. Build a property portfolio. Yep. Uh, I I got that. Oh, Barry Dodge has given me another gift. <laughs> I'm not dancing for you, by the way, Barry. <laughs> I'm not doing anything on like OnlyFans or that. <laughs> that's about what the that's about what the live's about. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Robbie says people pay for what he's talking about on this live. He's doing it for nothing. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes often people can say, well, you know, if it's free, it's kind of if, if he's doing it for nothing, his advice is probably worth that to you. Um, not in this case. I've got a track record. Most people know that anyway. Um, I'm probably, track record-wise, I'm probably one of the oldest property investors in the whole of the UK in terms of the 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 the, the, the time frame I've been in this for the yeah. last 30 years as a property investor and landlord. Um, and as well, I was one of the instrumental people in the National Landlord Association at the beginning. I was the chief executive for Scotland. 
um, for about 10 years and sat in the housing partnership with Fife Council um, on strategic housing policy on a voluntary basis. So, you know, my, my, my track record speaks for itself, I would say, uh, more than anything. Um, so, yeah, you're probably right. Um, and Robbie says, do you do one-to-one -one mentorships? Yeah, hopefully I've just answered that. Uh, <laughs> are you single? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, no, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got no inclination for anything else. So, um, <laughs> I generally, by the way, I need to sort out my things and make more. Absolutely, Barry, you do. Um, uh, and hopefully, this is going to uh, see that. Uh, Robbie says, I was paying 140 a month for courses on property investment and got nowhere running around in circles. Uh, and he said, Can I message Richard? about this on the zoom call uh yep. yeah yeah you can richard's email is richard.cook at fiveproperties.co.uk so yep. richard.cook at fiveproperties.co.uk i think we can learn from the same wise people absolutely and um uh, barry sent me a few more stuff thank you very much barry i appreciate that and you have to show your worth first absolutely inspired for success you have to show your worth first um yeah i, I think i think for me um just to cover that inspire for success yeah i know exactly what you mean about having to show your worth it's like you know there's people out there that genuinely turn around and actually have the instagram look what i talk about and it's like they've got their family and their their robes sitting on the bed all together with a perfect photograph and saying life's all about family and in that perfect pose and yet they've no got two hatenies that are up together they've, they're skin uh, and everything's leased and borrowed and they don't have anything at all uh, that's probably that's probably what you're talking about you have to show your worth first um i really don't need to show my worth because <laughs> because i I'm, I'm not doing this for anything other than helping other people um i could happily sit on the beach for the rest of my life and go Another pina colada, please. Um, and still earn money regardless. Um, so I've kind of I've kind of got to that situation where I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, so do you think you could help with my situation, Barry? Yep. Okay. Just Rich, just um, just message uh, Richard direct. Uh, Richard .cook at fiveprofits.co.uk. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Um, inspired for success. As I used to see a girl from Fife. She was a top lass. Yeah, that's most Fifers. Everybody in Fife's top. Uh, and that's it. I don't see anything yeah. on Instagram. Um, and we've got... We've done all right. um, Gary had said that there. That's us. Yeah. Done. Good. Finished. And I think that um, I think there are hope that we've covered um, enough on mindset to help people today in terms of maybe it's thinking... Usually of, an hour long. Um, yeah, yeah, it's usually. But exactly them. what wealth mindset is and what mindset is in, in general and how it has a, a profound effect on what you do and getting yourself out of the right mindset. Mm -hmm. Jim and I will be back next Monday, 12.30 as usual. And yep. you can catch us all then. And until then, that's us. Okay, bye-bye for now. Okay, thanks, Jim. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye to Instagram.